Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Last night on 101 ESPN 301. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Seltzer. Joined right now by the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber, right here on your home of the blues, 101 ESPN. Kerbs, how you doing? Anthony, I'm doing great. How are you today? We're doing really good. We hope uh, the local product, Matthew Kachuk, and the Panthers can get back in this series, though. They're, they're down 2-0 right now, and, you know, he, he didn't pull any punches. He said he can't make it a series unless you win this game tonight. What do you think Kachuk and the Panthers need to do to get back in this one? Where do you think the, the major disadvantage is against the Golden Knights? Well, I thought that the real telltale sign was game one when Florida came out to really – kind of impose their will if they will. But a lot of that was after the whistle, right? Uh, you know, you saw Petrangelo take a punch in the face and not even react. You saw Kachuk go after Stone, and Stone just skated away like he was bored with him. It reminded me a lot of when the Blues were playing the Minnesota Wild. Derek Bugard was playing for Minnesota, and Andy Murray would scratch Ryan Reeves and just say, we're just not even going to engage them in that aspect of their game. And it worked. And what I saw is a real maturity in Vegas and Florida trying to claw their way in. I was looking for a change in that in game two. And while you saw a little bit of a change in it, you could tell that Florida's game was off. So tonight for me, you hope that Florida comes out with maybe a tad, uh, a tad more calm and relaxation in their game. Uh, because right now they're, they're Part of this series right now is, is the fact that they're really just getting outmatured, and I guess you could expect that with the difference of experience in the playoffs that these two teams have. Curbs, I know that you personally are a big Ivan Barbashev fan, and yep. you know we've seen Barbie uh, develop and mature as a hockey player. Uh, we've watched him expand his role here with the St. Louis Blues and obviously hoist the Stanley Cup. But, man, has his game ever evolved since becoming a Vegas Golden Knight, given the opportunity to play first line with Jack Eichel and, of course, all the rest of his game, too, with the physicality included. I mean, you, again, as a big Ivan Barbashev fan, you've got to be pleased. People forget, too, Jamie, though, that was it the 2017 or 2016 playoffs against Minnesota when Jake Allen stood on his head and the Blues won that series, but Paul Stastny was out for the first four games of that series, and Ivan Barbashev was elevated to the first-line center for the first four games and was fantastic, even back then. Ivan Barbashev, I wouldn't say victim, I'd say helped, but Ivan Barbashev became a, uh, um, you know, helped by the fact that this team was so deep, and that's why they won the Cup in 2019, that there wasn't a lot of opportunity for him to move up in the lineup. And then when they finally did move him up 60 points, you know, and then eventually led to this. 
Ivan Barbashev would still be a St. Louis Blue if it weren't for a victim of circumstances of this team stinking it up this past year. That's it. If you think about it, he fits everything in the wheelhouse that Doug Armstrong says he's looking for in a player to acquire. 26 to 28, the only thing he didn't have was term, but you could have given him term. Um, they just feel that he's going to get more money than they want to pay right now with where they are. To me, he's a five times five easily player, and you're going to love every minute of him. But he's an absolute playoff performer. That hit on Gudis is as big a series-changing hit as any other series moment uh, that, that could happen. So to me, it's just it's great to see because he's just a terrific guy, uh, an excellent teammate. But this is the continued progress of, of a young player that hits 26, 27, 28 and really comes into their own in the National Hockey League. And I think he's proving he can be an extremely effective top six player for a team. Curbs, as you watch the Vegas Golden Knights uh, and their defensive core, you know, I've talked to Anthony and Marshy about this a couple of times now. They remind me an awful lot of the 2019 Blues defense core, and not just because Alex Petrangelo is back there, but he is a massive part of it. But what I see is a really big blue line. These guys are big. The smallest guy, I think, is 6'1", 205. And I'm just wondering if, you know, if that's the way maybe Doug Armstrong might be looking to move in the future. I'm not saying immediate future, but... Is that something you think will trend back to being big on the back end in the NHL? You, you know, the funny thing is, Jamie, is uh, big on the back end has always been good. Uh, you know, you can have a couple guys that are smaller. But, yeah, it's, sometimes it's just simply the reach. When, when you can't defend players the way you were able to defend when you were a player, right? You can pin them up on the wall, but you got to let them go. You can't hold them there. You can't use your stick to move them. You can't chop them. You can't, you can't defend the way you, you know, we're taught to defend in the National Hockey League. To me, size and length of stick is huge. And Larry Robinson said this to me going into that cup season about when we were talking about Pareko. They got, everybody thinks he's got to be big or physical. They were saying the same thing about me. He goes, most important thing is just learning how to use your stick. How do you, where do you point your stick to? How do you angle the blade to deflect the puck? Things along those kind of lines. And when you talk about a, a, a defense or a forward coming in on the likes of a Bullmeister and Pareko, they didn't think that they were going to get abused physically. They just knew they were just dang near impossible to get around because of their size. Vegas is doing that too. I don't know that Vegas is overly physical back there right now, but they're calm, they're cool, and they're just making smart stick plays and then quick plays. And look, for the last, I said this for Petrangelo, his last few years with the Blues, I still think. He is the guy. I'm not sure there's a better defenseman in the National Hockey League in clearing the puck quickly off the boards, whether it be on the penalty killer at five on five, and just simply finding a seam to get it out. And uh, and and I think that the defense that he's been with have followed suit on that. So yeah, I think there are a lot of similarities because of the size. And and yeah, yeah, you do need some physicality back there. Whether it was Martinez able to throw a hit, you know, and you compare that to the way Edmondson could hit or Bortuzzo, there are similarities. And it starts with size. And, and you're, look, I just don't, I, it's hard to win in the National Hockey League without size because eventually forwards are going to wear you down. And, 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 and that's an important aspect. So I, man, I agree completely with you that, yeah, as you continue to look, the Blues are going to be looking to add size on the back end. 
Tonight, Stanley Cup final game three, pregame starting at 6.30 right here on 101 ESPN. So we'll get the pregame, the game for you. So if you're out driving around, you can't watch the game, but you can listen to it. Tune in 101 ESPN as the Panthers try to get back into the series with a win tonight over the Golden Knights. Curbs, the... There's, there, there seems to be some, I don't know, some consternation when it comes to the cap and what that number is going to be for next year. Gary Bettman said last week that the salary cap, this next year's salary cap, won't see a significant bump. But then there's some reports that, that the, the number isn't necessarily final. Where do you anticipate the cap to be over the next couple of years? As we know, the Blues don't have a lot of cap space heading into this offseason. But when it comes to the Blues, their contracts, and where this cap could go, do you see, see the outlook looking, looking better uh, beyond this year for the Blues when it comes to their cap? Yeah, I think it actually, I think the Blues are setting up very well when it comes to the cap moving forward uh, for a couple of reasons. One, remember the NHL is one of the first leagues that they, they avoided any kind of labor strike whatsoever, and, and they actually extended the CBA in COVID and didn't deal with the issues that baseball dealt with, right? And in and, and, and the NFL, for that matter. So that being said, you're coming into what is now the final year of that, of that flat cap. There's, there was talk that maybe the Players Association under their new executive director would ask to negotiate the raise because, frankly, that would help some players stay in their current market. But then the league may renegotiate some escrow situations, and that's the big problem that the players have is how much money do they lose in escrow until the balancing of every given year is done. Uh, but it is fully expected, whether it just goes up to $1 million this year or maybe another two. Uh, Anthony, if they negotiated late, Doug Armstrong said that will be decided without a doubt by July 1. So every team knows what they're dealing with. I've got to think you're going to decide that before the draft, just so you know what you're dealing with if you're going to make a trade on draft day too. But next year is where the big rise, supposes is expected to go. And some of those gains that have not happened over the last five years because of COVID, four years because of COVID, I think you're going to start to see. So if you're a Blues fan, honestly, right now you don't want that cap to go up because you want teams like Boston, like Toronto, like some other teams, have to face some free agency situations with players and be pretty much cast, uh, you know, cap-strapped. It's next year when it goes up that the Blues are able to play in the sandbox a little bit more. They're going to have a lot more space. So I, I think right now the Blues are setting up pretty well. Curbs, a couple of interesting names that have popped up here. I guess we'd call it on the trade market. Uh, Alex DeBrinkett and Pierre-Luc Dubois in Winnipeg. Uh, both of these players are right in that age bracket that Army has talked about uh, this year during this, this retool that the Blues are going through. Now, I'm not asking you what you think Doug Armstrong would do in this situation, but just in your opinion, if you were... If you were get to play general manager for a day, which one of those two would you circle uh, in your in your book to look to sign if you were a St. Louis Blues? If it's one of those two guys, I'm circling to brink it first. It's just proven the playmaking ability and what he could do. Forty goals score. I, I I like the idea of that one. But the one thing that gives me a little pause there, we were just talking about on the back end, is size and. You know, and, and I don't think you want to get too small up front either. You know, I still think the Blues need some gumption and some grit uh, to go with their skill. They they, they need some of that barbershop-esque aspect on their front side. So, the Brinkett's there. The one that I saw, Jamie, from Winnipeg that opened my eyes a little bit was Kyle Connor. 
and 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 would the Winnipeg Jets consider? I can't see a scenario why you would consider that because he was the one that made Patrick Line available. But um, but that's the situation. Some of the at some point, you know, at some point teams are going to have to make the Eric Johnson for Chris Stewart and Kevin Shattenkirk kind of trades that adjust the mood of your team that are hockey actual hockey trades and the growth of the Ottawa Senators the fall of the Winnipeg Jets all these different things you know sometimes these these moves can can be really impactful if you've got a GM that's got the guts to make them otherwise the the growth that you could have is just slow and at some point in time like the Ottawa Senators and Pierre Dorn are like okay you got to make the playoffs or we're done i mean that's a team that's up for sale so out of the two you mentioned, I, I think I'm going with the Brinkett over Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, I just think he's a little more proven and got a little more jam to him and seems to impact games more often. Curbs, great stuff, man. Have, the, have a great rest of the week and a great weekend, and we'll uh, check back with you next week. All right, guys. Have an awesome weekend. You too. Thanks, Curbs. That, yep. You too. That's Chris Kerber here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN.